0: Michigan's short track racing authority is Horsepower Happenings.
1: Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport Florida driver Danny Sims III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemmler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome to Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of race operations for the
2: ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over
1: 50 years of industry experience from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes On into turns three and four. on to the Stamp on sideways, Greg Dalman wins. Yeah,
2: guys, wholesale uh, right-side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All
0: down. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You
2: know, after about eight hours of months of
1: medical time here, they, uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that
0: I'm not calling the shots on, all of that all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for.
2: She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment
1: there at Anti Camp Your Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive, these are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From
0: the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France.
1: Good evening race fans and welcome into to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful, beautiful Monday here in Michigan. Uh, no jackets today, I'm telling you. Uh, it was a beautiful day and we got a lot to unpack so let's get into it. Here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Christopher Bell got the big win with the NASCAR Cup Series on the dirt at Bristol. And I think it may be the last time that we see that. Uh, I don't know about your feelings, Rich France. I don't know about your feelings who are listening. But pretty much everybody that they talked to in the media center said the novelty has wore off. Let's get back to the concrete at Bristol. So uh, maybe not the last dirt race for the Cup Series, but I think they're done with it at Bristol. Sheldon Halden Shield wins an absolute barn burner. Holy smoke. Slide jobs galore and everything that you want in a sprint car race. They had it at US 36 Raceway with the World of Outlaws on Friday. And then how about Rico Abreu? He gets the job done, grabbing another World of Outlaws win for the season, this time worth $20,000 after the payday at 81 Speedway. And how about the Dirt Car Sanction 2? New late model tours are now under the Dirt Car umbrella. The first came with the Hunt the Front Super Late Model Series, followed closely by the announcement of the Ironman Late Model Series. Both of those series race in the south and mid-south, but they are now a part of Dirt Car UMP umbrella. There you go. That's what's happening in Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. And you never, ever like to have to start things this way rich but um it still happens in our sport and i think that every single person associated with auto racing in any sort of way had their heart broke over the weekend when justin owen uh, it was announced that he passed away after a vicious crash at, crash at Lawrenceburg Speedway Saturday night with the USAC NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. Um, side note, Keith Sheffer Jr. was on the track with him uh, as part of that qualifying session, and uh, I understand that the Blonde and Sheffer family are, are really feeling the effects of this, and of course um, that race was canceled immediately after after Justin's crash, and that kind of tipped everybody off that things weren't good, and you prayed for the best, and we found out the worst late Saturday night, Rich, and uh, it's still a real reality of our sport, but man, it never gets any easier when it happens. No, it sure doesn't. And I think, you know, you said it, Zach, I, you know, we were all
2: on our little Horsepower Happenings group chat and, you know, we, we didn't know because nothing was officially announced, but you don't end a night if there isn't a real problem. Yeah. And um, and you don't end a night just because somebody is injured. You're right. Uh, we've seen We've seen that happen all the time. So... Um, I think they knew, I think they were just trying to do the right thing and, and make it right uh, at the right time uh, with the family and, and kind of get everything, everybody get their ducks in a row. Uh, but I think we all knew, unfortunately, what the answer was going to be.
1: I got to tell you, I did know Justin, uh, but it still, I mean, it's, it's making me a little emotional right now talking about it. Uh, it's, it's tough, man. It, it is, we've come so far in this sport with safety and in and, and these measures that you almost forget, right? I mean, it was just a short 20-some years ago that this happened quite a bit. Um, and now it's, you know, it is it stings a lot, and uh, you hate to see it. The entire racing community has surrounded the Owen family, and, and, of course, we here have offered our prayers and well wishes at Horsepower Happenings. and uh, But you know what we race on and uh, I think that's what any, any racing family would want us to do. And so we continue to do so. Speaking of great racing families uh, and great friends, uh, our buddy uh, Gary Lindahl is, has been continuously in our thoughts and prayers as he underwent some, some pretty major health uh, issues as well.
2: Yeah. So we got him through the open heart surgery last Monday and, and so that was okay. But uh, darn it, the, you know, Gary's still in the hospital. So there, there, they got it, They got his heart fixed up, the the structural stuff they had to take care of. But now they're working on a heart rhythm thing. So I, took, I talked to Gary um, this weekend, yesterday, and um, he says, I'm just wore out. I'm done with the pricking this and pricking that and, you know, picking at me. Uh, so they may have to go the pacemaker avenue. We'll have to see. Uh, but they don't want to let him out of the hospital to know he's, he's right. Right. And they feel comfortable with it. So um, he's there a little longer than we thought. Uh, but if that's what it takes for them to, to bring our guy back uh, back to us so we can start hearing those amazing calls again uh, before too long, then let them keep him another few days and get him right. That's right. Hey, But everybody, everybody is thinking about him. I've that's talked right. to a lot of people. And, uh, Gary, everybody's thinking about you. Uh, be patient. Hang in there. We'll see you soon.
1: Today was a big day. Uh, speaking of you and Gary Lindahl, today was a big day inside the ARCA organization. Pre-sale tickets went on sale for... Not just one event, but a lot of events you can now get tickets for uh, at Flat Rock and Toledo Speedways.
2: Well, Flat Rock Speedway, the biggest event, uh, the Arkham Menards East Series coming back. Uh, so that event on May, Saturday, uh, May 20th, you now you can purchase tickets in advance for the Arkham Menards Series East event at Flat Rock. That'll be the recently named Dutch Boy 150. Got to give a shout-out to that. And then at, and you can go to flatrockspeedway.com, and, and you can get out all the information for that. And then also at – go on.
1: I was just going to say, also at Toledo Speedway, ASA yeah. National Tour, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, Toledo Speedway has a lot – because it's all special races, I think you can go buy tickets in advance from what I saw to any race at Toledo throughout the 2023 season as of today, including the ASA Stars National Tour that is now the Glass City 200 that is going to be amazing. I think we're all looking forward to that one. Yep. That's just, that's just going to be amazing. But, um, you know, like we we'll, a, a race that, uh, one of our guests tonight will be in at the 500 sprint car tour. You can buy tickets to that race. Taylor Ferns will be there in that one. So, um, yeah, you can just scroll through and buy tickets in advance. It'll save you a little bit at the gate later on. Yeah. And, uh, and you can have your tickets before we get into summer.
1: I tell you what, uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, you know, that there are so much happening right now at Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway this this year. Um, so many cool events that they've got going on. So, uh, again, flatrockspeedway.com or com. You can get those advance sale tickets uh, while they are available. I want to tell you something, Rich. Um, if there is a will... There is a way, and we saw that over the weekend from our Dirt Late Model competitors. Now, I don't—I was unable to get uh, official results from some of these racetracks that these guys managed to find in the middle of the back hills, um, but Eric Spangler went for a little run. Uh, Markham went for a little run. Some of these guys are tired of looking at their Dirt Late models sitting in the shop, and uh, they went racing over the weekend. So um, nobody really set the world on fire, but... They got a chance to knock the cobwebs out and, and kind of get things going in the right direction. So that was pretty cool. Excited to see those guys be able to hit the racetrack.
2: Well, if they were waiting on Attica, they might have had to wait till June. The <laughs> yeah, week. it's you been tough. I, mean? I, I think th- I think some of them were hoping that they could they could get it in, but they just had no luck down there in Northern Ohio. Just like. I mean, it's been the same weather we've been getting down here in Michigan, and it makes you appreciate these kind of Mondays because we haven't had a whole lot of these. Right,
1: yeah, exactly. Now, now if we could just find a way to take Monday and Tuesday and move it to Friday and Saturday, uh, you know, because Mondays suck anyhow, so you might as well make them gloomy and uh, let us have our race days back. Speaking of some events coming up here in Michigan, Rich, um, we've been talking about this, we've been previewing it, but that's because it is going to be a lot of fun, and it's a really big deal coming up this Sunday at Bertrand Speedway with Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. Yeah, as we've said the last couple of weeks, uh, we wanted to get the word out. The 58th
2: season for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, and they'll kick it off this Sunday, April 16th, at the Bertrand Speedway. And, Zach, they're doing it in a huge way. Uh, doors will open at noon with free admission. I said free, not kind of free. Free, 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 Okay? Doesn't cost you a dime. They'll have great food ops, uh, options available. You have to purchase your food. They're not going to feed you. Um <laughs> And they're going to have 15 to 20 race cars on display. Now I saw from John Jackson, president of Michigan, racing fan club, super light models, sprint cars, uh, modifieds, pro stocks, dirt cars, pavement cars. They're going to have a bunch of them down there on the concourse. You can get down there, talk to the drivers. Um, it'll be a great afternoon. Then, uh, the fan club meeting for the public will kick off at 2 PM in the clubhouse. And you'll be able to hear from guest speakers, Andrew Terrell, Lonnie Samier. Chad Bennett and James Goki Jr. And then at 4 p.m., that's what we're waiting for, Zach, the party. Yeah. Uh, and the concert in the Gas Alley Bar with country music entertainer Tyler Roy. And you'll also have at that time a chance to, uh, throughout the whole afternoon, if you haven't done it already, to either renew or get your membership to the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club for 2023. It's going to be a great time, Zach. And don't forget, entry is what? FRWE. Free. Free.
1: That's right. Yes. Hey, I want to talk about uh, what is going on here with our friends at Berlin Raceway. We told you last week we kind of teased that they had an entry list that was looking really good, Rich. That was because I thought they'd release the details of the entry list. But no, Jeff and his crew over there uh, were still dangling the carrot. Well, this week they put out the details, Rich, and uh, this is for the Money in the Bank coming up on June 7th. And they already have 28 cars registered for this event, Rich, and it includes some of the biggest names in the country in super late model racing.
2: It does. And it also includes a lot of the biggest names locally. Yes. That are going to give these guys a challenge. So let's, let's just touch some of this. Let's start with the local guys that you're familiar with. You're used to seeing, um, you know, at a pavement track near you. Uh, Andrew Scheid in his new ride in 2023. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, Evan shot who today they announced did make the top seven for the co driver development program. So he'll, he, he was runner up in 2022. So he'll have a chance in 2023 to get that honor. Um, Boris Jurkovic back at Berlin to where he had such success. Uh, Dylan Stovall, Brian Campbell, of course, uh, basically he's won everything at Berlin. They haven't even named it after him yet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Trevor McCoy and then and then Kyle Crump. Blake Rowe. I mean where do I where do I stop? You, you Tyler Roriz,
1: Joe Bush. Yep, these,
2: yep, there you go. All the local guys. Now, Zach, you get to show all the big boys. Who they get to challenge?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, one of the first ones that, of course, jumps off the page is uh, that of Eric Jones, right? Uh, you know, the the NASCAR Cup Series star. We saw him run last year at Lucas Oil IRP with the uh, ASA CRA Super Series. Of course, right be- below him, Gio Ruggiero is going to make the trip up in the number twenty two machine and uh, put on some talent. And of course, Rich, I'm not going to skip him. Don't worry. Bubba Pollard is on the entry list for the Money in the Bank at Berlin Raceway. <laughs> Rich pumps his fists. No, uh, no shy markings there as to who Rich is a fan of. But also, of course, you know, kind of where do you put him on the local or the or the uh, national tour list? I don't know. Carson Hosevar is going to be there. Um, you know, you mentioned Brian Campbell, but you know, you got Jet Nolan is going to make the trip up. Billy Van Meter is going to be there. Uh, he's been running with the ASA National Tour. Derek Griffith is going to be there. This is a big list, Rich, and uh, I think it's only going to grow as this race gets closer and people get more aware of what their schedule looks like.
2: Yeah, I, it has to. I mean, it's still early, and they got 28 cars on the entry list. Yeah. It will grow. It, it, it'll it definitely grow. Um, I think it, it – what is this? Is this $10,000 to win race? I, I it's did, a lot of money. It's yeah, of I money. did not see – Yeah, and that's – you know, I mean, you look at where down south where – Pollard's making the stops at the bank in every town down there, picking up $10,000 checks. Um, Not a bad deal to come up here
1: and grab another one if possible. That's right. All right, let's talk about some racing that happened around our area over the weekend. Of course, Atomic Speedway um, was kind of the the, the lone soldier left as far as some big – Uh, name or big time racing that was going on they had the fast on dirt 410 sprint cars down there racing and gave us a couple of people to look at for the home pro hammer of the month here in the month of april and of course we looked the way of home pro racing driver cole masito who started on the pin of the 30 lap main event and got out to an early and open lead rich but of course trouble strikes flat tire relegates him back to the pits coughs up the lead and he races his way back up to an 11th-place finish by the end of the night, but it hands things over to Brandon Wimmer, the Fairmount Indiana driver, went to victory lane, J.J. Hickel. Uh, started second, finished second. That's a pretty good night, if you can just kind of hold your own right there. Chris Wyndham moved up five spots, coming from eighth to finish third. Our guest last week, Cap Henry, started ninth, drove his way up to a fourth-place finish, and Jordan Ryan, the Castilla, uh, Castilla, Ohio driver, finished in the fifth spot. Zeth uh, Sabo was down there racing as well. Ricky Peterson, a former guest on the program, he was racing. He finished in the ninth spot. Big mover of the race. 13 positions, Rich, for Ricky Peterson, coming from the 22nd spot to finish in ninth. So good showing there for Peterson. And, uh, of course, Danny Sams, the third, was down there as well. He had a tough night. He did make the feature, but uh, struggled in the main event. So uh, there you go. So let me do this right, Zach. Our guest last week, second
2: at Atomic. This week he comes back fourth. Average finish of P3 Yeah, for Cap Henry. Yeah. I th- I think you got to put him in the running for <laughs> Home Pro Hammer of the Month, don't you, early, I, I early think. In April?
1: I think so, too. And it's been tough, too, because Atomic's been the only one that really gets to run sprint cars, the wing sprint cars, here in the month of April. So um, will we interview Cap Henry twice in one month? You're damn right we will <laughs> if he ends up being the Home Pro Hammer of the Month. Well, uh, well, well our upcoming
2: guest uh, – may have something to say about that before the month of April is over. That's right.
1: Time to get into our first guest of the evening. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if you looked at racing and you looked at the, the uh, what-ifs and has-nots and could have beens, man, Cole's feeling it on a Monday. Uh, one of the drivers that uh, has sat behind the wheel of the Home Pro Racing Ride and actually surprised us over the winter down at East Bay Raceway Park. It's our pleasure now to bring on the California Kid. That's what I'm going to call him. I'm going to steal Mike Joy's line a little bit. Uh, Cole Masito, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Man, it was. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait to talk about Atomic and what you've been doing recently, and I want to jump all the way back uh, to February. Take me back two months. Um, up here in Michigan, we were all pretty surprised, and I think that you were too when all of a sudden uh, the Shannon Eifert Home Pro Racing and Home Pro Roofing ride um, had Cole Macedo behind the wheel, and and it was. Take me back to that time because man, that puzzle could not have fallen together any better and any more at the right time for you because the ride that you had been depending on for the last couple of seasons kind of folded and went underwater and then this opportunity comes along prime time with shannon man take me back to that and how that all unfolded
0: uh yeah i was just sitting in california actually um at charlton motorsports getting all my um stuff there ready with drew warner and and the rest of the charlton gang and um yeah, Shannon called me one day on a I think it was a Wednesday and and he's like, Hey man, I I, I got all this stuff and it's all brand new and um, I need a driver for East Bay next week. You gotta fly in Sunday and I'm like, <laughs> Man like Super Bowl Sunday, I had plans and everything and I'm like, Man, like I uh like I didn't you know I Barely knew the guy. That's um, what I was going to ask like is, is, last is year.
1: had Shannon's uh, track record or anything? I mean, this is Shannon's first shot at owning a team. He's been a sponsor up here uh, in Michigan uh, uh, Sprint Car Racing for years. Did his track record? I mean, did you have to research a little bit before you agreed to do this, or was it kind of on a whim? Um, yeah, I had a meeting with
0: him last year. Um, and You know, he was in Fremont one morning, and he called me up at, at 8 a.m., and I was kind of, you know, Caught you know you know I didn't know I was like man this guy's calling me at eight a.m. I had never even <laughs> met him he wants to meet meet somewhere and and talk about racing and stuff and so I did it you know you never know you never know who it is yeah. and uh, you know or who, what what it could lead to so um I yeah I headed over to I think it was Bob Evans and had some breakfast with him and um, we had a really long good conversation and you know talked about you know possibly doing something in the future and then um, yeah that 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 opportunity arose um, you know, there it, for, for East Bay. And, and, you know, at first I was like, oh man, I don't know if I can do it. I don't have a crew chief. You know, I need, he wanted me to find a crew chief and, and come and I'm like, man, it's very short notice. And so, you know, I, I talked to some people and they said, man, what do you got to lose? It's five races you can go run. And, um, so yeah, I had Shannon send me some pictures of all of his cars and you know what he had and, um, you know, it all looked like really nice stuff. And, um, he bought most of it through, um Kistler's there in Fremont Ohio and so I actually called Brian Kimenaw first and asked him what he thought and um he had a lot of really good things to say about Shannon and, and all of his equipment you know um I think Brian sold most of it to him so um Brian kind of sold me on it and, and said to go do it and find a crew chief and um I actually asked him first um if he'd do it and he said oh I got I got obligations and I, I can't do it but here's some people you should call and I think I called like 14 crew chiefs oh, um in one day and and man nobody wanted to do it and shannon was willing to pay you know um you know pretty pretty healthy pay for for the week i think it was you know because last minute i think he he had to do it you know so um yeah i, I uh you know i, I couldn't believe it. everybody was saying no and then finally i called brian back and i was like well it looks like i can't do it you know i uh can't find a crew chief and this and that and i don't want to go down there and have to work really hard and and not succeed because, you know, I have to worry about so many things. And, and finally, I think I talked him into it and, um, yeah, we called Shannon back and, um, he booked our some flights and, and we headed over there the next day. Um, and man, it was, it was, we went through both of the 360 and 410 car and, um, you know, squared it like Brian does and, and, you know, went through everything. And, um, yeah it was it was an awesome experience shannon and his and his whole family aaron and ava and trisha his wife and um you know they all took very good care of us and um it was a fun week um, with that whole with that whole plan so um we got we got a win and we had some misfortunes you know just little stuff here and there that you know kind of out of all of our control and uh, motor problems and, and this and that but um yeah the one night that we had everything stay together we uh we ended up getting a win so I think that was huge for him and his new team and um yeah I think that it helped him you know he's been having a tough time finding a good driver and and a crew chief and um us getting a win there I think you know put you know installed some confidence and and other drivers and other crew chiefs and 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 people out there in in Shannon's race team so um I think it was good for everybody you know it got me a win and got me some confidence at the beginning of the year that you know usually takes another month or two to get (laughs) that into you so um yeah you know you guys raced and you know that this deal is is all about confidence so um you know starting off the year with a win like that really helped you know relax me a little bit and and know that you know hey i'm good for for a couple weeks or months here and um i got a win under my belt so um Yeah, you know, sometimes you go a season, you know, without a win at all. So um, getting that out of the way is huge, I think.
1: You know, and and if you look at the results, uh, it doesn't really paint the picture of of the equipment that you were racing in. Um, Monday, 22nd DNF, Tuesday, 24th DNF. Silly things, right? I think you fold the nose wing over on a start um, that you guys didn't really, you kind of thought the race was going to go green, didn't put a lot of uh, hurry up into trying to get that fixed um, to get back out on the racetrack. I can't remember what happened the other night. Uh, You get a practice night Wednesday before you leave the uh, All-Stars format and, and switch over to 360s. You get the win on Thursday, not a great showing on Friday, and then everybody remembers what Saturday was all about. That was a battle of attrition and just a wild feature event on Saturday that, uh, you know, really was kind of a roll of the dice as to who was going to go to victory lane there. Um, really not, I mean, you get the win on Thursday, which was huge. And as you mentioned, you put it into great words, huge for Shannon, huge for home pro, huge for you. Just not a good representation, though, I don't think, of really how good your piece was down there in East Bay.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, You know, I think that, um, you know, Brian was the, was the last one that said yes, but I think he was one of the best ones if I could take him. So, um, I have a lot of faith in Brian and, um, we had been talking for a good year and a half about, you know, trying to get something together for you know me to race with him. And we always thought it would be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we, we finished one out of five nights there and still we left there and everybody was in high spirits. And, um, I think that I'll race with Brian, you know, sometime soon um you know he has a lot of confidence in me I I, you know I really have a lot of confidence in him my car was fast every single night you know we were capable of winning every night just like you know like you said and like I said it's just you know you know how it is with this racing deal it's um the littlest of things can 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 make a break a night um you know we with a brand new team that me and Brian didn't get to build you know we got to go there and and you know we had like eight hours to go through everything and Mm -hmm um, you know, little things here and there, um, you know, just, just, you know, it happens, especially with a new team, you know, so, um, you know, new parts break and, um, I actually, you know, it's a funny thing. I I actually hate bringing new cars to a racetrack just because you know that there's going to be little gremlins here and there, um, that bite you. So, um, yeah, you know, bringing that 50 year shingles car to Florida, it, it definitely, like you said, it was, it was disappointing you know most of our finishes but um getting that win you know kind of masked the whole week and and you know I, shannon got to remember that and and you know all of his great sponsors with you know owens corning and and all them uh you know it's it's uh it was huge for everybody and you know it was all televised on flow so all of his sponsors got to see clips here and there and got our you know picture taken in victory lane so they could post it on their websites and stuff like that And i think it I think it's huge for Shannon and his team for sure. Paul, now we fast forward a little bit uh, to just a couple of weeks
2: ago at Atomic. You guys didn't know really, and I don't think we even knew, if that race was even going to happen. They did some crazy things down there to Atomic to get that show in, and then you guys come out of the gate and put one on the podium that had to feel pretty good.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Rich Farmer actually – um, he's my car owner for, for a good core of the year there in Ohio and, you know, him along, uh, along with Shannon, with this car, the 50 year shingle car. And, um, you know, yeah, he, he called me, his, his funny thing is just like Shannon's deal. He called me on Friday night and, uh, he's like, Hey, I'm putting, I'm, I'm helping promote this race. I want to race. And so I, you need to get a flight cause I need my car there. And I'm like, man, this flight is going to be like a thousand dollars, you know? And he's like, well, how bad do you want to race? So um, yeah, I booked a flight and, and headed over there and them, you know, the Linder family, they, they had, they did a really good job over the off season and with all the stuff they had to deal with, you know, selling teams and building a new team and, um, you know, working really hard and, um, yeah, they, they brought a really good piece and Steven and Linder, um, had me on rails all night long. And, um, I think we were probably the fastest car on the track. Just, you know, that place is tough to pass, you know, Cap Henry was in front of me and you, he was doing a really good job. Um, you know, I think my car was better than him, but, um, you know, I think that he was doing a really good job to our, it was very tough for me to pass him. So, um, yeah, I was super happy with a podium run and, and then, uh, yeah. And then last weekend or, you know, a th- couple days ago, I should say, um, you know, we brought Shannon's car there and man, I'm, I'm still a little bit heartbroken on that one. I think that, um, we, we had that one in the bag for sure. We were definitely the fastest car. Um, yeah, yeah. Started on the pole, timed in really well, did our, did a really good job in the heat, you know? And, um, and then, yeah, we started on the pole and we were gone probably by a good straightaway. Um, and I, you know, watching the video, I was going in and out of traffic the whole time and and still kind of gapping them. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, had a lap car, Kind of come down the track a little bit um you know i'm not i'm sure he didn't try to do it but um yeah as i was coming by he kind of came down the track and hit the right rear and cut the right rear down and um yeah just put a put a real you know bad ending to a great night uh you know i think we came back to 10th or so there but um yeah I, I, my car was phenomenal and i felt really comfortable in the seat and i was getting through traffic really nicely and um, you know, it was our race to lose, you know, and and it, and it, and it happened. So, um, yeah, it's just you know, you have those nights. Nice, um, I felt, you know, terrible for for the whole home roofing, you know, gang and and Shannon and his and his little boy, Aaron, were watching, and Aww. um, it would have been really awesome to put that um that fifty year shingles car on the front, you know, on the front stretch and get our picture taken again. I think that, um, you know, I I. I a lot of car and um i think that we're going to get a couple more races in with him i don't know what races those will be yet um just because my schedules are so hectic right now and um you know shannon's got to sit down and and figure out what races he'd like to do and uh, along with me so um but yeah like i said me and the whole lender family are um you know loved working for Work Working with Shannon, and we had a great time and, and the car's fast, so we have no reason to not go race with him again and um, yeah, I think that you know his car you know is going to win some races this year with Ryan rule or myself or Blake Hahn or whoever else he plugs in the car. I think that um, we'll do a good job
2: I got to ask you, Cole, you know you brought up this travel in a couple different questions. Uh, I think you ought to go into being your own travel agent, I think, because take me through a little bit of a regular week. Now that we're getting into the season, um, you do run to midweek, you do, you know, weekend races here and, and and elsewhere. What's a typical week for you? Because you got to be racking up the frequent flyer miles.
0: Oh man, it's, it's terrible. I'll be honest. I, uh, you know, I've always wanted to race as much as I possibly could. And, and this year I, I'm, I'm getting that opportunity uh, you know, I, it's, it's taken, you know, jumping in car, different cars all season long, but and I'm still super happy to be doing it. Um, I just, you know, hopefully one of these days I can jump on the all-star tour or the outlaw tour where I can travel around with my team and, and not have to do what I've been doing. You know, to give you a good example, like I flew in last Sunday to race a, or Saturday, yes, yeah, Saturday morning to race atomic. And then I, I got to spend the week in Ohio. So that was good. But I, flew out on Easter Sunday and I'm um, here to Missouri and I'm actually going to race for Philip Dietz with the, the 14 car here, Philip and Brooke Dietz. And, um, you know, I race a high limit race tomorrow at Lakeside and then I uh, jump back on a flight to head back to California to race this weekend for Charleston Motorsports at the Ross classic. And then, um, I think next Tuesday after that, I have to fly back to Ohio to race next weekend and, and then do it all again. I, I fly back out Sunday again to come back and run 34 for, for the 14 car and then fly back to Ohio on Wednesday. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just every week I'm flying in and out and, and sometimes twice a week. And, uh, you know, Shannon actually gave me some, some sponsorship this year and, and helped with some of my flights. And, uh, he has a, he has a, a, a worker that, that works for him and, and, and does a lot of the, the, booking flights and stuff like that for me. So that was, that was super helpful for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not super young, but I'm not super old. I'm only 22 years old, and then I haven't really booked a whole lot of flights in my life. So, um, you know, booking flights here and there and everywhere, it, it's definitely tough, along with working on race cars and, and doing all that. You know, like last weekend I or last Monday, I, I missed your guys' show because I was bleeding brakes and working on race cars during the week, and I uh, just lost track of time. But, yeah, it's it's definitely super busy. <laughs> a lot of people take that you know for granted they see all these these guys out on the road and you know it it, it looks like a you know it's nothing but fun and and, and it is you know it, i'm not, i'm not taking that away from anybody but um it's definitely a grind out here on the road and living out of a suitcase all the time and um, away from your family away from your friends and um yeah definitely is grueling at times, but you know when you're sitting in the seat on you know on a race night, it, it all makes up for it.
1: By for the sure. way, I just want to say, working on race cars is a damn good excuse to miss this podcast. I, that's you know that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, I got I to ask that you. ever thought you guys, about
2: but... you ever thought about taking flying lessons? Geez, what you what you pay for airfare? You could. uh buy your own
0: little plane and fly yourself around the yeah. country <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah yeah i think it's a little bit more expensive than than what people think but yeah, yeah that would be awesome i think that's what donny shop does um you know he's got a his own plane and he flies in and out wherever he wants but um yeah it's it, that would that would definitely be tough i think it would be tough to do on after a long week and and long night of racing to jump on a plane and trust yourself of not falling asleep or doing not checking <laughs> yeah. something with would uh yeah the consequences would be pretty bad i think
1: you got to tell me about so. this uh you kind of found a home here over the last couple of years in the midwest uh, attica fremont challenge series a lot of attica speedway for you over the last couple of years and um you know obviously we'd be remiss if we didn't mention your brother and what he's doing um how did you end up here and kind of this in our region all the way from Lamore, california how did that happen
0: yeah. So actually my brother, uh, did it when he was, you know, done with racing in California and wanted to take the next step, uh, you know, to be a professional race car driver. I, I, you know, in California, they have some phenomenal racing. I think that a lot of great race car drivers come out of California because of their racetracks and, um, because of the stiff competition. Uh, but there's, there's just not enough 410 races on the schedule to do it for a living. And, and there's not enough race teams that Want to go, you know, race enough to to do it for a living, also. So, uh, you kind of got to move out of there and 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 go, you know, get your feet wet and at other places to 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 get a full time ride on an All Star Tour or Outlaw Tour type of ride. And uh, you know, Carson came out and and raced for less than Craig mintz with the with the Linder family working on it. Um, I think in 2016 or 2017 or something like that. I can't remember the exact year, but. Um, yeah, he built a relationship with, with Mike and Stephen and Steph Linder, and, uh, you know, that re- that relationship, you know, correlated to, to me becoming, you know, you know, part of their, you know, they, they call it their Ohio family, and, um, you know, I, I fully believe in that, that they are my family. I, they've, they've taken very good care of me and, and made, you know, that step from moving away from home with your friends and family a lot easier, um, being in a, another you know, home household uh, rather than just being straight on the road really helped me out. So um, yeah, Ray Brooks started up a team and I actually started in, in Jake Heiser's car the first year and uh, ran that for a year and lived with the Linder family. And then Ray Brooks started up a team and um, you know, I jumped over there and we had a lot of success in two years and it was an awesome time. And um, yeah, I think that, I think that to answer your question, I think that Ohio, you know, you can race so much, you know, if you're based around Fremont, Ohio, you can race so much within three or four hours, you know, you can even get into Michigan, um, where you guys are at. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's just so many opportunities to race throughout the year. You know, like the last couple of years I've raced the majority of local events and I've got every bit of 60 to 70 races in every year. So, um, I think the biggest thing of why people make that jump and, and head over to Ohio and, and not only is there so many opportunities to race, but there's very good racing and, and, and a lot of talent, you know, at the local level there. So you can kind of get your feet wet and, um, learn to race on them slicker tracks and, and, you know, be aggressive when the outlaws and all stars come through and, um, you know, get, get to racing with them guys too. And, and not doing it at a full-time level yet, but you know, you get to dabble with them throughout the year, you know, every couple months. So, um, I think that's super helpful for, uh, for a driver and, you need to go, you know, get whooped on by them guys every now and then. it's just so tough to do that in California because that was, you know, especially now they come out for, you know, a couple weeks and that's it, you know, for the whole year. Other than that, you're racing against the same guys at the same tracks every week. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing for sure.
1: Well, we obviously know uh, tentatively what you're doing with Home Pro, and, and we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, and you mentioned how hectic your schedule is. Uh, how many different people do you think you're racing for this year and obviously that's never finalized you know if somebody calls you and says hey we got a race on wednesday do you got anything going on and if you can make it work uh you'll probably try to do it but what does your schedule look like as far as you know how many different places and and people are you bouncing around this year
0: well it all started in in australia this year um i you know that my off season i i actually got an opportunity to go over there for a couple months and um race for mark and laura house and uh, you know, I got to start there and, and run that T14 car for 15, to 16 races. And then I came home and ran for Shannon in Florida with the 50 year shingles car. And uh, then got to, you know, start the year off in, in California with Drew Warner and Charlton Motorsports and got to run the, the 21 car for a little bit. And, um, you know, I got to fly into Ohio and run the 29 car and then, you know, back in the 50 car for a night and then I flew here to Missouri to to run for Brooke and Philip Dietz with the 14 car this, this week and a couple more races throughout the year. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, that's, that's pretty much it. It's, you know, five or six cars. I can't remember how many I named off. There's, There's too many of them, but, um, like you said, there, there's anytime there's a, you know, there's a rain out or, or, um, you know, anything like that. And someone already has, you know, someone's already in my car because I made obligations somewhere else I'm constantly on the phone and calling other car owners and trying to make stuff happen. So I'm sure that there, throughout this year, um, two more cars, um, if I had to guess, but, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's, and it's tough at the same time, you know, getting in different cars with different crew chiefs and, you know, different seats and different belts and different shock programs and different motor programs, different frames. It's, it's, you know, you guys race, it's, it's definitely hard to get comfortable and, and, you know, in a couple hours of, of getting in your seat, you know, yeah, that's close enough and it's good enough for a night, you know, and um, you know, try to make the best of it, at, you know, and one, one night is, is very tough, but um, I'm super grateful to, to have as many opportunities as I do. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have any opportunity at all. And, you know, I've been there in my career. So um, I'll take as many, as many cars as I can get in a year and, and never really complain about it. So, um yeah, I'm super grateful to have all these people in my corner and uh you know that believe in me all year long.
1: You know, it's funny you mention, you know, you keep saying reminding that we raced, but the difference is, Cole, we never had to do what you did, right? We owned our stuff. We knew it was going to be there every week. If we had the money, we would go race. Um so, how do you how do you balance uh I mean, I've never had to do this aside from asking for sponsorship dollars for horsepower happenings and for the race car. How do you ask somebody, can I drive your race car without sounding like a beggar? I mean, that's just the question I have. You know, you get a rain out, you know, you, you know, let's use Shannon as an example. You call him, "Hey man, I'm available. Can I really I really want to drive your car. Can I do that?" Like, what is that conversation like?
0: Oh man, this is that's that Yeah, this is a great question. I've never had somebody ask me that. Um yeah, it's it, you know, I remember at the first part of my career Um, I was so scared to to call and ask, you know, someone to drive their car or call for sponsorship. And, you know, I was so scared of someone saying no to me. And, um, you know, I actually have a, a a little bit of a, a crutch here in my corner. You know, my, my brother, he's four years older than me, so he's got a lot more experience with this stuff. And, you know, I, I also had Tommy Tarleton, you know, in my back pocket and, you know, guys like Jason Myers and, you know. Everybody in my family raced. So um, I had a lot of help throughout my career. But, you know, even with all that, I, I was still really scared to ask people. And I finally got to the point where I wanted to race so bad that, you know, I, I wasn't afraid to call and, and be a beggar. Like you said, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I think I've called sponsorship, you know, different sponsors. You know, in one year, I've called probably 50 to 60 people in, in, in a couple weeks span and and gotten you know, if there was 50 people I called, I've gotten 48 no's and two yeses. And, um, those two yeses very, you know, extremely, you know, boosted me in my career and and helped me out. And, um, I'll never forget those guys that said yes, when I really didn't deserve it, you know? So, um, and then you, you know, you get to the point where, you know, you got to go out and show out and, and, and win races to where, um, them guys are a lot more acceptive to, you know, your phone call and, and, um, saying yes. Right. So, um, yeah, it's definitely tough and, and you don't want to be a beggar at points. You know, you kind of just you're like, man, I'm, I, this guy is, you know, constantly having to help me out and, and you feel bad. And, um, you know, I still feel bad for you know most of these guys that say yes. And, and, you know, there's, there's nights that you call this guy and he, you know, he takes a chance on you and you go and demolish his race car or something. And, yeah. um, you know, you feel terrible, but you know, I've, I've kind of always had the mindset of, you know, if that happens that, you know, I'll, I'll make sure my work ethic is good enough um, that, you know, that they actually feel bad for you. You know, like, you, you know, I've, I've, been, you know, I, I ran for Jay Kaiser my first year in Ohio and man, I wrecked the majority of his equipment and just, you know, some of it was my fault. Some of it, the, you know, the car falling apart or, you know, you never know. It's, it's, it's never really anybody's fault. Um, I think it's, it's a team effort, but um, I always made sure to work as hard as I could, Um, you know, to help the team out and and be right there in the shop and fixing stuff and fixing wings and fixing bodies and, you know, trying to do my best effort. I knew I wasn't paying for it, but, you know, I could pay them back by working hard to rebuild their stuff. And, um, you know, that right there has really helped me in my career. And I I put a lot of that, you know, you know, in my dad's corner. And I think that he, you know, really raised me, you know, the correct way. And, Taught me how to work on race cars and taught me how to do all that kind of stuff, to where when my talent wasn't, you know, all there, it wasn't, you know, propelling me in my career. My work ethic was right, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I wrecked a lot of Jay Kaiser stuff, but I think that, you know, he still has a lot of respect for me um, because of the the work I did, and um, I think that that's the reason I got, you know, in with the Linder family and Ray Brooks, and they saw how hard I worked and. Um, you know, I really didn't deserve that ride that they're probably the best ride in Ohio. And, um, you know, I got to live with them and they saw that. And so I think that that correlated, um, to me getting an opportunity. And then finally, I think I grew up enough and, um, had enough races in my, under my belt, along with Mike and Steven coaching me really well. And, um, I think that that propelled my career, you know, racing for Ray Brooks. So, um, yeah, it's definitely tough. There's definitely some times that I see these, you know, guys that can afford their own race car and, but they don't want to drive it. You know, they'd rather go, you know, call a different car owner and race for them. And it just makes completely no sense to me. I I wish that I could own my own race car and put a big old giant me down the side of it. Um, (laughs) You wouldn't, you wouldn't be the first. (laughs) Yeah. And, and not beg for, for, for that kind of stuff. But, you know, with me and my family's situation, you know, financial situation, that's just not possible. So, um, you know, I feel like you just, I finally not, not cared. And just I'll call, like you, like I said earlier, I called, you know, 15 crew chiefs in, in an hour there when Shannon called me and I, okay, nope. All right. Well, I got to get on it, get back on the phone and get it, call somebody else, you know, same way with sponsorship and, and car owners. And, um, you know, I think that there's been a couple car owners that I've called so many times that they, I think they got tired of saying no. So they finally just gave in and said, yes. So, um, kind of just, you know, just keep calling, calling, calling and, um uh, kind of wear them down that you know they give you an opportunity and then you know when you get that opportunity you got to try to make the best of it and um you know and hopefully that snowballs and i think that's what's kind of happened so yeah it's it's definitely tough oh
2: we all talk about anybody who does what we do um uh, you know wherever you're racing it's a family but man sprint car nation took a hit this weekend and saturday night uh you know at, at lawrenceburg that was a that was a really bad deal and and everything has traveled the news traveled all across the country, uh, so quickly. Um, how soon did you guys find out down there at atomic? Uh,
0: I actually, uh, my guys actually knew before the feature and, and, um, didn't tell me and they, they actually told me after. And, um, I was thankful for that, but, um, you know, it's, it's very tough to, you know, sit in the seat after something, you know, terrible happens like that. And, and I'm, you know super sorry for you know the whole you know that whole family I know that's got to be tough and um yeah it's it's it makes you you know when you hear about stuff like that it really makes you you know question yourself of you know why, why you're doing what you're doing and um you know I think uh Tim Clawson actually put a tweet out that you know we all cry tonight and then um tomorrow we'll we'll go to you know the place to where we all love and and uh you know, and, and, you know, kind of mourn, you know, at the racetrack where everybody's together and helps us get through that kind of stuff. So I think, I thought that was a perfect tweet. And, um, you know, I think that the whole racing community will, you know, wrap their arms around that family and, um, yeah, it's just super terrible. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm super sorry to that family and, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's a very tough deal and, um, we all know that that could happen and, you know, getting in the race car every night so um you try not to think about it but you know it's it's, it's life and it, and it definitely does happen so um you know i i try to you know say my prayers and 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 not think about that kind of stuff when i strap in you know to do my best ability um but the more and more you hear about you know these guys having these you know bad nights like that it's uh it definitely makes it tough
1: well, I tell you what, man, uh, we are uh, happy that we were able to get you on the show. We are out of time and we got to move on. So. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for making time to, to join us. Congratulations on the success in the Home Pro ride. You've had success in other rides as well. You know, we, we talk about uh, what you've been doing with Home Pro, but, uh, you know, a third-place finish at Placerville a couple of weeks ago back in March, uh, nothing to shake a stick at either. Third at Atomic, as we mentioned. Should have won that race at Atomic uh, over the weekend as well. So, um, man, you, you're rolling this year. It's early, and uh, I know that you're going to be uh, you're gonna be, uh, you going to be know in victory lane again here very soon. And, of course, going to be a contender for that Home Pro Hammer of the Month program that we got going on courtesy of home pro roofing with locations in michigan indiana and ohio so uh cole masito thank you so much my friend for uh, joining us on horsepower happenings greatly appreciated yeah thanks for having me on guys appreciate
0: it
1: appreciate cole making time to join us tonight it was a man what what a pleasure to catch up with him i heard that cole was a great guy uh, and was really laid back and easy going Man, we could have talked sprint cars with him all night. I think. <laughs> I just can't believe that. I, I, I know
2: I was teasing him a little bit about the travel. Yeah, it's but he's crazy, a isn't is, it? it? That is a grueling schedule that he's going to do probably seven months. Yeah, at least right seven yeah. months out of the year. Um, but you know what? He's trying to make a career for himself, and he wants to do this thing for a living, and and he's going to do whatever it takes, and he. And he's making the right decisions right now because he's he's getting some really good equipment.
1: That's right. Hey, I want to take a second and say thank you to Home or to Home uh, Home Pro Roofing. I will say thank you to Home Pro yeah. Roofing because they are helping us greatly uh, with our Home Pro Hammer program. But I also want to say thank you to Be Cool Radiators, uh, the studio sponsor for Horsepower Happenings by way of CNT Services. Be Cool Radiators. If you're like me, the weather's getting nice and you are getting antsy to get your toy out. I've got a I've got a motorcycle that I want to get on and I want to ride it. Uh, but maybe you've got a rat rod or you've got an ls swapped something or other that you're going to be taking to the car shows you better make sure that that thing's going to run cool and be cool is the leader in power cooling systems they offer products for original equipment factory fit ls swaps complete builds overhauls whatever they've got your hookup right here in essexville michigan you can find them at BeCool.com or give them a call anytime 1-800-691-2667
2: and zach on the phone lines now we have uh... The young lady who had a heck of a run in the Glen Nibble Classic down at Anderson Speedway on Saturday night. Uh, Thought for a while she had a chance to take home the win, but uh, runner up finish, you can't take that away from her. That's pretty damn awesome. And I can say damn because I thought it was. Uh, She makes her home (laughs) in Shelby Township, Michigan. Taylor Ferns, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings.
3: Hi guys. Thanks for having, having me back on. And, uh, i national 410 sprint car day, right? Yes. The irony of that. <laughs> yeah. We
1: are celebrating. I forgot to mention it during Cole Macedo's interview, but yes, we are celebrating 410 sprint car day today. It's an, it's, it's a sprint car <laughs> exclusive show today. So thank you for being a part of that.
3: Yeah, no, I'm excited to be back on and talk, uh, sprint cars.
1: Take me back to Saturday night, Taylor. I mean, what a
2: field showed up for this anyway. And, and I think if anybody was a handicapper, um, They'd have probably had you finishing, probably I would say, if I was just looking at it in the top five. But, boy, you some of the people that you would have expected to win just never showed up at the
3: front. Yeah, no. I mean, that's the thing with the 500 Sprint Card Tour. First off, uh, hats off to uh, Jared Owen and Rick Dawson with Anderson Speedway and the 500 Tour. They've done such a great job promoting the series and bringing in some heavy hitters um like Billy Weiss I love racing with Billy Bobby Santos Cody Swanson uh Dakota Armstrong all the super big names you know that like we raced together last year and then obviously previously before that with the auto value bumper to bumper sprints um but honestly I I tell people it's like it's so hard to find a series that you find like seven or eight guys or gals um that are capable of winning and literally every 500 sprint car tour races like that right like Normally you go watch another series, you maybe have like four or five guys that are capable of winning. And um, that's what's so tough about the 500 tour, but it makes it really exciting um, because you just never know like how it's going to shake out. Um, and then also the inversion plays a big role into that, as I'm sure it did, uh, especially on Saturday, um, which I think it played more so into my favor with me qualifying fifth and then the sixth car inversion. But um, you also never know at Anderson too. it just really never developed a second lane. Um, which sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't but um, always makes for great racing
2: talk to me about Anderson because Zach and I both know that's a weathered let's just call it a weathered racetrack Um, it it is it it is a rough racetrack Um, you have even in a 75 lap feature which is not overly long for other events that they run there um, you really have to take care of your equipment don't you
3: Yeah well I actually like more so on Saturday since it was a 75 lap race that's like at Anderson that's one of their shorter races that they have there so it's definitely more of a sprint race um I mean I love the races of attrition like when I do the silver crown stuff or um I've never personally raced the little 500 yet um hopefully one day but um obviously that's a race of attrition and saving your stuff but uh like the race on Saturday with it being 75 laps it was more so just kind of you can get out to the front take off and go and like capitalize where you can because um I mean you want to be there at the end but also like you have to figure it's Anderson's a small quarter mile high bank short track and we knew uh lab traffic was going to play a big role into the outcome of the race and on top of that the start of the race which I'm kind of uh I'm actually disappointed. Like I'm glad we finished second and started off the season strong with uh, the podium, but um, I actually feel like I had the better car. I had a better car than Kyle. Um, And so I feel like if the, if the start would have played more to my favor, I think um, we might be talking a little bit differently. Maybe I could have been the winner, but (laughs) shoulda, coulda, woulda. It's something to build off of. And I'm just excited for the rest of the season. And
1: I was going to ask you about that because I had a chance to watch the race replay yesterday on flow racing and, um you made a move to the inside of kyle look like you might have been there um but uh, you guys don't run spotters or mirrors or anything right
3: no so um with the 500 tour races for the general schedule races um, we don't run spotters i know when they obviously at the little 500 they allow spotters but okay. Um, for any other race with a 500 or We don't.
1: Okay, so, and that's what I was going to say. You make a move down the back straight away, You get to Kyle's inside through three and four. He kind of reverse diamonds the, the corner, and you guys come together at the exit of turn four. Not a heavy amount of contact, but with sprint cars, it does not take much. Um, did that upset the handle on your race car for the remainder of the race? Because it really looked like you were driving your rear end off to hold down second. <laughs> after that, okay. after that happened, you went from, you know, you went from being a contender to pass Kyle to really it looked like on tv really happened to drive to, to hold on to second
3: yeah so um when that happened I, it didn't upset my car uh really too much i mean it's racing and kyle and i actually i mean we've been racing together since we were i think like both 13 years old i think we're of the similar age bracket so we kind of grew up racing together and you know we always race each other hard and then it's anderson it's a it's a short track and so um, obviously if someone's there it might be hard to see and I kinda just kinda took the gap and filled it. Um and I, I think it makes for exciting racing. I mean, yeah, we came together, but I mean we rubbed nerf bars. So I mean that's just hard racing. Um I didn't really upset my car too much because I felt like I got right back into it and tried to chase after him thereafter. Um but yeah, I mean I feel like we had a really strong car. I mean, I knew that Anderson, obviously everyone, like all the fast guys are pretty much bumper to bumper the entire yeah. race anyways. So um, obviously, like I knew when we got up to lap traffic, it was just kind of making smart passes because you sometimes never really know where those guys are going to go. And so I wanted to just try to be like meticulous about it, but also like run through the lap cars quickly. Well, and you um, had a wild moment
1: with the lap tra- traffic uh, again, I think coming out of turn four. Um, you, you really had an opportunity to lose a lot of spots. Uh, what happened there coming off of four?
3: Yeah. So, um, I'm thinking if it's the car that I'm thinking of in particular, um, I mean, he was just all over the track, quite frankly. So it was a matter of like, I wasn't sure if I should go to the inside or the outside. And so I'm the type of driver, like I will be aggressive if I need to be, and I'm not afraid of it. And so, I mean, gave him the bumper and it was just a matter of, um, me trying to pick which way I wanted to go to press forward. So, Um, I knew the guys were going to be like, I knew it was Billy Reese. And then my teammate Dakota Armstrong, I knew that they were going to be hot on my trail. So um, I was trying to be smart about it, but at the same time, it's like, sometimes you have to make your own luck. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm definitely not, not one of afraid to use my bumper, but at times I felt like in lap traffic, like I was a little better than Kyle, but then sometimes when you would hit some of those patches where it was like three or four lap cars together and he would get through it before me. And then I would come up to him. Then that was kind of, that would space us out. And so I think that's what happened more so at the end of the race to where um, he just was able to really get away. And I just couldn't make my ground back up after that. Do you, but. Think,
1: do you think a caution changes the outcome of that race?
3: Um, You know what? I'm not sure. I think I needed to be a little bit more aggressive on my starts and restarts, which is something I've been trying to work on at Anderson because it's so tough there because the corners are so tight with how like starts and restarts come into play. And so that's something that I've been trying to work on. Because um, last year was my first year racing at Anderson since I was like maybe 13 or 14 years old. So um i was actually joking the other day at my shop i'm like yeah all those guys have like at least a thousand more laps than me. <laughs> 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 at anderson and like a lot of the guys went out and tested before the season started and we really just showed up for practice on friday and like maybe made 15 laps and we're like all right i think we're fast right out of the box so um i think just trying to i wish i could have maybe capitalized a little bit more earlier on in the race where i could have and then i think maybe it, it's always a say shoulda coulda woulda i mean it shaked out the way it did and So, um, you know, I'm just grateful to have the partners that I do with Bradford Allen and Mobile One and 1-800-CALL-SAM that allow me to get to the track and my crew, Kevin B. Sacker and Keith Owens-Apple, who bust their butts at the track to get me there. And so it's definitely very much a team effort.
2: Haley, you said you're not allowed to have spotters, but would that, would it have made any difference if you knew that Billy and Dakota were just flat out going at it behind you, which probably helped you out a little bit because they're worried about each other not quite getting to you. And then you know, Cody and Tyler right behind them, um, they all had their own little battles in themselves and you could pretty much concentrate on what you were doing.
3: Yeah. You know, I have had this, um, maybe it's like a philosophical change or I don't, I don't know how you want to phrase this, but you know, I've had the opportunity to drive for Bobby essentially bowl the past couple of years and work with Damian Gardner. And I kind of joke and say, he's like my spirit animal, just some of the (laughs) things he says and, Um, you know, I think that's kind of like changed a little bit, my thought process in the race, because in ways you want to defend, but because you want to protect your position, but at the same point in time, when you're doing that, you're not thinking about going forward. And so, you know, I kind of just want to always think about going forward. And I think in ways that will help me defend even more. And so I kind of like adjusted that mind frame, like on Saturday, because, even though I lost the initial start, like I still felt like under the cautions. And then after some of those starts and restarts, when we didn't catch lap traffic yet, I still told myself, I was like, I can win this race. Like I have a better car than he does. I felt like Kyle was making a lot of visible mistakes. And so I was just trying to put my nose in there and capitalize where I could. And obviously it didn't work out for my favor, but, um, you know, I think like the more laps that I get and the more consistent laps, clean laps that I get, um, I think we're going to be a problem for them
1: at Berlin. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, now yeah. I got to ask you: You put a new ball cap on this year. Um, as far as that race team is concerned, uh, you went from being a hired gun to now you've got a, a little a little skin in the game. Is that right?
3: Yeah. Well, ever since I came back racing, I took a few years off there when I was going through uh, undergrad and my master's program, and so when I started back up again in 2019. I always kind of had a little bit of skin in the game to where I was kind of paying for some of myself and paying the bills. Um, but at the same point in time over the winter, it was a transitional period for where it's not that my parent, my family didn't want anything to do with racing or my dad specifically didn't want anything to do with racing, but it was just more of like, okay, I'm 27 now, you know, I was the operations director at a firm and I basically ran the show. So it's almost like I, I can run the team and I kind of wanted to do Certain things my way and make a few adjustments, and so um, yeah, there's definitely a transitional phase is still ongoing because I rely on my dad, um, like his entre- entrepreneurial advice. But sure. um, you know, it's been it's been actually a lot of fun, and I've been trying to enjoy the process. Um, like we moved my cars from Michigan to Indiana, and so I have my uh, I have my own shop down there now and my own crew guys, and so. Um, it's funny because I, I'm, I'm really, I split my weeks between Michigan and Indiana because I have law school. I go to Wayne state, um, in downtown Detroit. So I'll be in Michigan from typically Monday till Thursday. And then after <laughs> class on Thursday, I drive down to Indianapolis and I'm down there from Thursday to Sunday or Monday morning. So, um, split life living, but, um, I love it. And it's just also I can make sure that I'm. I have a lot of people investing in me and I want to make sure that no one's questioning what, like where my focus is. And sure. I want to make sure that I'm giving myself the best opportunity each time I'm on the track to go out and perform. And, you know, I feel like the past few years we were trying to make do with the resources that we had. Um, and so I have just been trying to improve upon that because I know what I'm capable of doing in a race car and that's not to be like uh, cocky or arrogant or anything, sure. but. I just have confidence in myself, and I just want to make sure that when I go out on the track, like, I uh, am able to capitalize on the opportunities that I can and just kind of seize the moment.
1: Have you noticed now you've only got one, I believe, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you've got one race under your belt now as as an owner uh, driver. Have you noticed, does it change your mindset at all behind the wheel, uh, knowing that all the checks are going to say Taylor Ferns on the bottom of them, no matter what happens? (laughs)
3: um you know at the end of the day I had this conversation with my crew chief a couple years ago because it's like okay um let's say for instance I'm racing against like hypothetically like a Justin Grant or a Brady Bacon it's like those guys race for a living like they run and they run hard because they have to put food on the table for their kids sure and so it's like in the same point in time like okay like I don't fully race for a living to put that food on my table but I race so I can keep on racing, you know, like that money, like helps pay for my tires. And so I can show up to the racetrack or pay for my crew guys or pay for my fuel. And so it's almost like the same mindset to where like, I need this to survive. Like, it's almost like that survival mentality. And so um, I've been trying to like adjust to that the past couple of years too. So I can like, I feel like drive, I mean, Justin and obviously Brady Bacon are like really great racers. And so, just to kind of adjust and have that mentality. Um, But at the same point in time, I have been trying to divide like the owner and driver mindset in ways, because um, I don't want that to change like my relationship with my crew chief, knowing at the end of the day, I sign his paychecks, But at the same point in time, I'm also his driver. Right. And so I feel like when I show up at the track, like, yeah, I do like analyze what's going on and stuff like that, but I try to be more so, like once we start racing and we roll up for practice, like I'm a driver for the rest of the night. And I was like even thinking,
1: maybe- and I was even thinking the other way, Taylor, where you know you you, you dove to the inside of Kyle. Do you even do you think about okay, now this is going to be one less torsion bar I've got in the trailer uh, if this doesn't go well, <laughs> you know, or, or it, yeah. you're not even you're not even processing is what you're saying. You are not even processing with that mindset. What's the helmet goes on.
3: Yeah, no, I I just don't really want to because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a conservative racer. Like I try to like every lap, I try to make the most of it because, you know, I try to tell people, you know, at one point in time, like when I was younger and I was racing, like that was something that I thought I was going to do forever. And then I kind of took that a hiatus and, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to have a race again. And so now that I came back, it's like I just want to seize every opportunity I can on the track because not to say you never know when it's going to be your last race, but you just never know. And so I just don't want to walk away saying, oh, you know what? I should have, if I was like, maybe thinking a little differently, I should have filled that gap and put my nose in there, you know? And so, you know, it's like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. Um, I mean, at the same point of time, you don't want to, no one's intention is to go out and tear up race cars <laughs> right. I, at the, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's racing stuff happens. People are going to get together, whatever you fix it, you move on to the next race. But, um, I mean, I still want to be aggressive. And so I don't, I don't want that mentality to change. Cause I still, I think I'm a tough, I still think I'm a tough racer. And so I don't want to kind of go into a conservative mode because I want to save, on parts,
1: you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting balance you have to find, Rich. Yeah, Taylor, Usually, with our schedule and you know with, with
2: your schedule, I usually only get to see you at Toledo, um, which is a which is a pretty good show, always in itself. But what was the reason behind this? I mean, did you always want? I th- I thought you told us before you wanted to be a team owner, um, but it also helps you gets more get get more track time, seat time, whatever you want to call it. When you're not in that silver crown car.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. So, you know, I feel like a lot of the ownership aspect too has come into, I've done so much networking um, and like relationship building off the racetrack with being involved with women in motorsports, North America. And I now have my own column and I write for speed sport. And so just kind of building all those off the track relationships, because, you know, in ways this, this is a business big time. And so to keep me on the racetrack, like I need to keep those relationships going and keep my sponsors happy. And, you know, like some of the stuff that's happened to me the past few months, I think is just a lot of result of like divine intervention (laughs) as people believe in that. But at the same point in time, like hard work and like other, you the hard work and everything that I'm doing off the track. So I can keep competing on the track and running up front with Um, you know, some of the best in the business, which I feel like is where I belong, you know? Um, And so at one point, like a lot of my partners believe in me because I believe in me, but then I have to back that up too. And so I think like with the ownership transition and me kind of taking over and kind of doing things the way like my crew chief and I kind of want to do just to improve our operations, I think, I mean, showed how hard we've worked and that maybe some of the decisions and changes we've made have been the right ones. And you know, I think there's only bigger things on the horizon for our
1: team. Taylor, are you going to be the owner op of your Silver Crown program as well? Yes. What Mm -hmm. is, what is the, how challenging is that? Because we've talked with, you know, we've had, um, you know, we've had a couple of different drivers on who run pavement sprint cars, dirt sprint cars, Silver Crown cars. And so, you know, we know there's a significant difference in the chassis and things of that nature, but how hard is it to operate two of those programs simultaneously right now? Yeah,
3: well, right now it's actually three because okay. we put, we're uh, we have the dirt Silver Crown car too. Okay, so.
1: yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta give that one uh, different attention than you do the pavement ones for sure.
3: Yeah, so really, like our big thing over the off season was we basically, even though I already had the pavement Silver Crown car and the pavement Sprint car, we basically rebuild all three cars from the frame up. And so what that allowed us to do was like, make some changes. Like my sprint car, when we took it out for practice on Friday, it was like a brand new race car. Like it was the same frame, but we changed over some of the um, body and I it had a new brake system and like the motor was fresh, just freshly rebuilt by Stanton. And so we were able to trim a bunch of weight off the car. And so it drove completely differently. It was like a brand new race car. And so, With that came some new – we had to make some changes for the car for the race on – to the car for the race on Saturday. But I think that, like, shows kind of, like, the positive stuff that we've done at the shop. Um, And with that, by, like, building all three of the cars from the frame up, we've made changes or able to build all three cars to where – you know, if we need to, it's easy access to maybe use another car as like a parts car if we need it for something else Sure. or like set all three cars up in a similar fashion to where they're similar. And like, if I'm hopping in from like, let's say if we have a race back to back with the pavement crown car and then the pavement sprint car, which I actually think we only do that once this year, but it's not so much as like a mental transition, you know, as like tedious as it may sound with like the fuel gate, maybe like the fuel switch being in a different place then the sprint car then in the silver crown car and things like that so just making everything as uniform as we can and just so it makes like our operations like really effective and efficient and uh just so not only that helps me like on the track and perform better on the track but also like the way our work is at the shop
1: too i want to talk about the uh, 500 sprint car tour schedule you mentioned jared owen and uh how much work he's put into this uh, communicated with jared a couple of times today as a matter of fact and um congratulated him on a a kicking off the sophomore season and they you know i kind of thought when 500 sprint car Tour was announced i said okay this is going to be an anderson sprint car series that's all it's ever going to be uh i I wasn't a negative nancy but i just kind of was looking at it realistically and man oh man did they prove us wrong this year adding two new racetracks to the schedule um you know rich mentioned toledo uh nashville fairgrounds speedway new to the schedule this year as well um how about the expansion of this series in in year two and i also love how they work so hard to make sure that they are not in competition with silver crown or really with with any major usac or or sprint car sanctioned event
3: Yeah, no, you know, I'm really impressed by um, like, personally, what they've been able to do. I know Jared works really hard at it. And you know, I know we have like, a few conversations. And you know, he really is out for the driver, and making it um, like an equal competing uh, playing field. And at the same point in time, making sure that like, they're able to promote the drivers accordingly, and, you know, improve things on what they do on social media, because obviously, that plays a big factor in the marketing aspect um and things of that nature so you know i think it's i mean this is only year two but i feel like big things are on the horizon with it and obviously like the schedule is basically formulated around like the little 500 and basically like, promoting that in ways right but also anderson speedway but you know i think it's kind of an eclectic mix with the different tracks not only that we went to last year but also with the expansion of some of the tracks that we're going to this year um and you know i always felt like toledo like needed to be on the schedule i feel like sprint cars are so awesome there in addition to the silver crown cars and so i'm excited to go back there with, with the sprint car and then i've obviously i've never raced at Nashville before so i think it'll be that will be like a cool kind of like breeding ground to like show to kind of show off sprint car racing down there because obviously like the more south you go the more the deeper you get into late model country right. so um, I think that'll be cool. And I think they're trying to make a really fun like promotion out of it. And so, you know, I just can't say enough about the positive things that the 500 tour has done to just, um, like promote sport car racing in general. And so, you know, obviously before that we had the auto Valley bumper to bumper series, right. and, um, I was able to win a couple races of those. So they kind of, the 500 tour, I feel like just kind of took over that, but then also majorly expanded and approved upon that. And so, you know, kudos to to them to getting the partnerships and some of the things that they've done. And I just can't wait to see what more they do with it.
1: All right, I'm going to bring up, uh, before we let you go, I'm going to bring up the elephant in the room, Taylor, and that is... Uh, your best career finish with 500 Sprint Car Tour came over the weekend uh, with a second-place finish, which means you are still searching for Victory Lane. And, and uh, you know, this isn't the only national tour that you're looking forward to getting into Victory Lane with this year. Uh, I get the sense from everything that I've seen on social media, how fired up you are for this uh, kind of comeback tour that you've, uh, you know, I watched that eight-minute video probably two or three times that you put out a couple of months ago. You <laughs> just, you seem, now that you have, uh, you know, made the decision to come back to the sport you seem hungrier now i mean even after making it as far as you did all the way up to arca and and doing all the things that you did you seem hungrier now to really show people who taylor ferns is as a race car driver is that i mean am i reading into that or is that kind of how you're feeling this year
3: yeah no i think that's that's uh pretty accurate i'd say you know as a teenager i always knew i feel like the talent level that i was able to compete at and that i had but i was so young like i was 16 17 sure. 18 years old when i was doing all the silver crown stuff the arca stuff the late mile stuff and even some of the successes that i had then um, but i was like still early on in my development which is something that i didn't recognize then and so now you know i've matured a little bit i've taken some time off and you know also when you start racing at such a young age. You know you know that you know that you love racing right like I always knew that I loved racing it's what I wanted to do but then when you're almost like taken away from it you almost like re your purpose and your passion for it so then when I came back it was like I'm like 30 times more obsessive with it than I was before <laughs> which I didn't even think was a thing but it's almost like you re-fall in love with something and you realize like whoa like this is what I was meant to do
1: yeah, absolutely. and
3: And so it's just making it work. And so it's like, you know, people always say like, fine, what sets your soul on fire. And it's like, I always knew that racing was what did that for me. But when I went away and then I, you know, I had that time off and then I came back, I was like, I don't want to ever go back to not racing or not being involved in racing. Like I don't ever want to be in that position. And so, um, you know, I've had the opportunity when I was younger to do a lot of different things and, you know, maybe I wasn't ready to do some of those things um even though I showed the potential that I had at such a young age but now it's like you know I've matured I've gone through life a a little bit like almost a decade more since back then when I was doing all that stuff and so I think it's just recognizing just seizing the opportunities and making the most of everything that I can and um just also I keep telling myself just enjoy the process you know enjoy the process because I feel like one day Wherever it is, I may end up, I'll look back and just be like, well, you know what? I was really grinding, but you know what? It paid off for me. And so just trying to have fun with it. Like before we qualified on Saturday, I was like kind of really tense before the night started. And I was just like, you know what? Just go out, do your thing. You know, I've been, I tell everybody because I feel like people forgot, but I've been winning spring car races since I was 14 years old. So I mean, it's really, even though that was my best finish for the, with the 500 tour on Saturday, I mean, I probably won over a dozen sprint car races, both on dirt and pavement. So, you know, know, just kind of reminding myself, like, this is what I love to do. Like, I love sprint car racing and just uh, do my thing and just have fun.
2: Taylor, I don't care what hat you put on. I'll let you decide on this next question, driver or car owner. But since we last talked to you, uh, a lot of a lot of big changes in the marketing department and your partners. So this is the chance we give you to call out the people that are helping you out here in 2023.
3: Yeah, no. So I'm very fortunate to have Bradford Allen come on board this year. Um, in addition to Mobile One, 1-800-CALL-SAM, callsam.com, the Sam Bernstein Law Firm, uh, Motorsports Safety Group. Uh, D Ford's Bar and Grill, Women in Motorsports North America, which I'm closely affiliated, and I love um, all our gals and male allies in that group. Um, A track Entertainment, Indie Race Parts, Beast Chassis, Stanton Racing Engines, uh, All Star Performance, Velco Wheels. I mean, Fatheads Eyewear. The list can literally go on and on. Um, but you know, I, I couldn't do this without my partners, whether, you know, it's just discounts on products or, um, like um, the monetary investment, which obviously goes a long way, but, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to make it to the track without them, like a lot of racers. So, um, you know, I'm just really grateful for that and hope to represent them well this season.
1: I knew that Taylor Ferns was good at marketing when she shared the picture of uh, about 12 boxes of wheels sitting in her shop the other day. I thought, wow, that's pretty impressive. So uh, (laughs) that's pretty cool. Uh, Taylor, we got to wrap this up. Um, This is pretty cool. We love the opportunity to get a chance to talk to you. And we know that we're going to talk to you again soon uh, after you pick up one of those wins, either with the 500 Sprint Tour or when uh, you really write those history books with the USAC Silver Crown Series. So we're looking forward to that and and watching you uh, perform this year.
3: Yeah, thanks guys. I appreciate it. And you know what? I I didn't forget about our last conversation when I was like, "Oh, I'm get, we're gonna win at IRP or I think Toledo." <laughs> so I'm I'm holding myself to that. I didn't forget about that. I I feel like it's coming.
1: All right, very good. Well, when it happens, uh, Rich, if it's at Toledo, he'll be right there, and then we'll have you on on Monday, so it'll be fantastic.
3: <laughs> Sounds good. I'm going to hold you to it.
1: <laughs> Glad to get a chance to catch up with Taylor, and uh, you know we say that with the interview with her but I think we mean it rich I mean she was hungry for a win on Saturday at Anderson Speedway and I do think that the fire is reignited underneath of that that young lady to uh, to really show that she is not all just hype talk and and you know a couple of big paychecks she can drive a race car and uh I think if things would have went a little different uh, on Saturday like she said nobody passing was at a premium nobody was passing on Saturday and she almost got around Kyle for the win.
2: Uh, yeah, do not do not assume her her calm uh, demeanor uh, yeah. as, <laughs> as as being a pushover. She is one of the toughest race car drivers we have in the country, and we're proud to have her here from Michigan. But I think we figured out one thing tonight, Zach. If either one of us have a horse throat or don't feel like talking, just get two sprint car drivers on the show, and we don't have to say much at all.
1: That's right. They helped us celebrate National 410 Day very easily here at Horsepower Happenings. And uh, with that, we got to close the show down, take a look at what's coming up on the upcoming calendar. And, of course, uh, we'll start with those who we have a close association with, including Champion Racing Association. The Vores Welding late model sportsmen are back in action alongside the CRA Street Stocks powered by JEGS. They'll be racing in the Spring Fling 75 presented by CB Fabricating this weekend at Anderson Speedway. And yours truly will make the trip down to uh, to Anderson to to uh, get, a, get a chance to see what's going on at that bullring live and in person for the first time. And uh, first of two trips scheduled for the month of April um, down to Anderson Speedway. So that's going to be a good one. And then, of course, Rich, <laughs> if it's dirt racing in Ohio... It's it's like take number how many to get a race in, and now the Great Lakes Super Sprints, NRA, and uh, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints are in on that as well. They're going to do take number two from Waynesfield Raceway Park um, on uh, Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening as well. So hopefully they can get that show in, get the NRA season kicked off, get the Great Lakes Traditional Sprint season kicked off. As for Attica Raceway Park, Rich, I've lost count. Yeah, this this will be
2: number five this week. So they tried it. Uh, what was it? May seven, March, March 17th. I yeah. Think. Yep. March 17th. So four cancellations. Uh, this is the fifth try. Here we go. All starts. Should... Yeah, it's all starts on Friday. I think this should be OK. I, I really do. It's going to be a long, dry, warm week. They need a lot of sun and that 75 degree weather they're going to get. Yeah. To, to just flat out dry that place out. And I think they're going to get that. All-Star um, Circuit
1: of Champions, uh, I think it's a it's a doubleheader, Friday and Saturday night, um, postponing that from last week. And also what that does is that postpones Fremont Speedway. Their season opener is now pushed back a week um, due to the doubleheader at Attica Raceway Park. Yeah, I think All-Star Circuit
2: of Champions and, and UMP Late Models Friday, if, if the schedule's the same as it was a week ago. And then on Saturday, All-Star Circuit of Champions, and I think 305
1: Sprints is what they had online. For Saturday afternoon, that's what they had last week, I think. All right, very good. And then, of course, um, first try for the regular season opener for Berlin Raceway comes up this Saturday afternoon.
2: Yep, the icebreaker. I think they should be okay too, probably. The it, driving, racing at a pavement track—you uh, can—it's it, going to be pretty nice. So, um, I know up north, some people had some snow still. I think I did see from Berlin they did have practice, and and they they have had a practice day. That no snow on the ground out there in Marne, so they should be good Good to kick off their
1: 2023 season on Saturday. All right, sounds good. And, of course, uh, it is officially for the first time. Now we've got options in and around our area for you to go to. Uh, Rich, it's time for me to say my favorite thing. We don't care where you go. We hope to see you at a racetrack this weekend. It doesn't matter. Just get your backside track side and uh, enjoy the weekend of racing.
2: Yeah, you're going to have to get some gas in the car if you're going all the way down to Anderson and then all the way to Birch Run on Sunday.
1: Yeah, uh, you, got, you, got, you got one of those home pro uh, hammer fuel cards that I can borrow? <laughs> no, but I know the guy who can get you one. <laughs> hey, that's going to do it for tonight. I appreciate Cole Macedo and Taylor Friends making time to uh, chat with us. As Rich mentioned, we hope to see you um, either at Anderson Speedway on Saturday is where I'll be or Sunday at Bertrand Speedway for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club kickoff event. We'll have some of our new merchandise there. There's a little teaser for you, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing all our friends and, and fans there at Birch Speedway on Sunday afternoon. For Cole Macedo, for Taylor Ferns, Rich France, my co-host Scott Menland who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings.
0: You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be- be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.